Matthew chapter 5. We'll begin reading verse 1. And seeing the multitudes, all those mixed multitudes that was there that day, living under the law, trying to earn acceptance by their good works and deeds. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth, and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. And that comes to the last of the eight Beatitudes. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's ironic that the first one he mentioned back in verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, and he says the same thing about those that are blessed are the persecuted. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven, but then he elaborates in the next two verses. Blessed are ye. Men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. All these things that are mentioned here or distinguishing characteristics of those who are part of the kingdom of God. You've heard me say this is not describing how a person is saved. This is describing those who have been made righteous. This is, it's like where it says the fruit of the Spirit. It doesn't say the fruits of the Spirit. It says the fruit of the Spirit. All these things are the evidence of God's grace. It's the evidence of a new birth. God's people do. They are poor in spirit. We never get beyond that. We know that in us dwells no good thing. In this flesh dwells no good, and we mourn over it. We do mourn over our sin. Uh, we've been showed mercy, so we want to show mercy. But the seventh one says, blessed are the peacemakers, those who seek to make peace. And what this is saying is we talk of the one who made peace. Christ made peace through the blood of the cross, and blessed are the feet of them who preach what? The gospel of peace. It's not you trying to make peace. It's not something that you do. It's what Christ has done. He made peace through the blood of the cross, and he's the peacemaker. And because he's made peace He's made peace in our heart. He's given us peace. He's given us rest, and we want others to have that peace. We want others to know Christ. And those who 
have the desire that others know about Christ, they are the ones, and they are always the ones, and all God's children are those who are persecuted. Blessed are the persecuted. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Those who are blessed to be peacemakers, preaching peace through the blood of Christ. Most men think that they, like I said, that they've made their peace. I heard someone say that the other day. I made my peace with God. You, that's impossible. You have nothing to bring. You have, it's like you think you have something to bargain with. Christ made peace. How did he make peace? He removed the very thing which caused the enmity, which was sin. He made peace through the blood of the cross. He made the atonement for sin. He put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And now, love, or the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. As much as you can, as much as you can, live peaceably with all men. And it means as much as you can. There are some people you just can't live in with peace with. They're just, you just can't happen. And it's not peace at any cost. It's not peace at the expense of God's righteousness. It's not. Abraham could not have peace with the Canaanites. Why? Light and darkness can't fellowship. There's, no, there's, there's this enmity there. But here it says, blessed are they which are persecuted. And why are they persecuted? They are persecuted for righteousness' sake. And they're persecuted for his sake. We're persecuted because we don't believe in our self-righteousness. We believe in Christ who is the righteousness of God. And because of that, men hate. That's what they hate. Now, if you let them have a little bit of their righteousness, everything will be fine, everything will be peaceful. But they say you're just too dogmatic. You know, that I, they say, well, you just, you need to be, just bend a little bit. No, we're not bending when it comes to God's righteousness. A man's foes, his enemies, will be they of his own household. Now, watch this. They're persecuted for righteousness' sake. Not for a haughty spirit. Sometimes we can be persecuted for our own faults. A lot of times, sometimes we can bring things on ourselves just because of who we are. It's like David, you know, he brought a, thing, a lot of things on himself. But, you know, then on the other hand, you have Shimei who wants to curse David and persecute David because God had accepted David and he was a man after God's own heart. But some things David Brought on his own. And a lot of things we bring on our own. It's our fault. In 2 Timothy, if you want to turn to chapter 3. Second Timothy 3.10. But thou hast, Paul writing to Timothy, thou hast fully known my doctrine, my manner of life, Purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions. He's saying, Timothy, he knew about Paul being persecuted, which came unto me at Antioch, in Iconium, and Lystra. 
probably Timothy knew about these things, these places, what persecution I endured. How can a man endure it? It's only by grace. But out of them all, out of all those persecutions, the Lord delivered me. Now look in verse 12. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Those who live looking to Christ, those who know that our holiness is all found in him, they will, they shall, they shall, and they have always suffered persecution. And it's not changed. Because we look to him. Not that we're trying to, to be holy and trying to be righteous as men do, trying to, you know, carry around the Bible with a, their pocket full of tracts or something like that. No, those that live godly in Christ, Jesus shall suffer persecution. And turn to uh, John 15. All those mentioned in these verses prior to this blessed of the persecuted they may not all be martyrs, but I can tell you this. They are all hated by the world. Why are we hated? Because they hated him. Why did they hate him? He went about doing good. He went about healing the sick and raising the dead. Why did they hate him? Because they hate God. And he said, if you, they said, this man blasphemes. He makes himself God. He was God. And they didn't want that. They couldn't stand it because they wanted to be God. They wanted to do the ruling. But no, we're going to persecute him. We're going to hunt him and hound him like a dog. That's what we're going to do. In John 15, verse 18, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. You know, hatred is a strong word, isn't it? You can get angry with something, but, but just, just hate them. Just have, having hatred in your heart. Now, if you were of the world, of the world system, of the world's religion, the religions, that's of the world. It's all of the world. It's of the world's system. It's of the world's philosophy. It's of the world's religion. That's what it is. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That, that is so plain. And because you're not of the world, the world, and because you're opposite to the world, the world hates you. But I have chosen you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. We were part of the world. We're part of the world system, and he chose us out of the world. And therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said unto you? The servant's not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, he's saying you can guarantee it. They will persecute you. If they've kept my sayings, they'll keep yours. But all these things will they do unto you for his name's sake. You know, you just meet people sometimes and you can't understand why they hate you or they just dislike you. They don't want to be in your, in your company. They always see in sliding marks. Why? It's for his sake. 
It's for his sake. Because they have not known him that sent me. Next week, Lord willing, we'll look at the light of the world, God's children being the light of the world and the salt of the earth. Darkness hates light. And salt holds back corruption. Imagine if, if God took all his children out of the world. What would you have? Nothing but total darkness. If he took his church out, there's, no, there's nothing to hold back corruption. Salt preserves it and keeps it. And if salt has lost its savor or its usefulness, what good is it? What a paradox. We are blessed because we are persecuted. He said persecution, a blessing. Yeah, that's what he's saying. Blessed. Blessed. It is strong proof of the depravity of the heart that man's, man's curses and God's blessings rest on the same person. Persecution. Has, this is nothing new, has ever been the lot of God's people. Why did Cain kill Abel? Did he persecute his brother? Well, you know he did. We don't, it doesn't say, and it, but it says that them boys talked. I could see him go out in the field or something, and I could see Cain say, Abel, my sacrifice is just as good as yours. Why wouldn't God receive mine? Mine's just as good. I brought I bought I brought the best fruits that I had, the best apples or uh, tomatoes or cab whatever it was. He brought the best, and he thought it would be accepted, but it would not be accepted because it's not a blood sacrifice. Abel was looking to the righteousness of Christ. Cain was looking to his own righteousness and his own merits, and he thought it was good enough. And he persecuted Abel. And you think about it. The first blood that was ever shed upon this earth, the first blood that was ever spilt was over grace and works. And Cain hated his brother, his brother, enough that he'd kill him. I'm going to destroy you because I hate God. I'm angry at God. I mean, what? Men are angry at God. They're still angry. They're mad. They're mad. You don't see men get mad. You know who gets the mad the quickest? Religious people. You know, some of the meanest people are self-righteous people. You tell them who God is, they say, that ain't fair. They say, God, cho God chose whom he pleases, and he'll show mercy to whom he will show mercy. And if God wants to save you, he can, or he'll just leave you alone. They go, hold on now. That ain't fair. That ain't right. Can God not do what he wants with his own? He had mercy upon Abel. They both heard the same gospel from Adam. And Abel chose because, it. now listen, it said there about Cain, and wherefore did Cain kill Abel? Because his own works were evil and his brothers were righteous. What did he say? We are persecuted for what? Righteousness sake. That's why he killed him. Cain's works were evil. You want to tell this world they're evil? They won't. They won't. They won't stand for that. No, I'm not. I'm not evil. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't dare do that. Well, would you think it? If you hate your brother in your heart, you're a murderer. Well, that's what our Lord's going to deal with in this in this message in this Sermon on the Mount. But he is. This is how he begins. 
He's talking about the blessed are they that are persecuted. Cain slew Abel. Joseph was persecuted by his brothers. By his brothers, why? Because Jacob made him a coat, a coat of many colors, a coat of distinction, a coat of honor, a coat that separated Joseph from his brothers, and his brothers envied him. Envied him. Living in the same house, and they're so mean and so vile, they're willing to allow their, you know, they, they take their brother, Joseph, sell him into Egypt, think, well, we're, we're done with him. We're, do, we're too good to kill him ourselves. We'll let somebody else kill him. And they kill an animal and put blood on that coat, that coat that his, that his father gave him, and they take it back to their daddy, and they said, is this your son's coat? They didn't say this is our brother's coat. Is this your son's coat? Is it? And then they left their daddy to come up with an idea. What do you think happened to him? Well, well, the first thing human reasoning would say, well, an animal killed him. An animal never killed him. He didn't die on axe. He's not even dead. You know what men are left to believe? What happened to Christ? What, what happened on the cross? And they come up with their own idea. But they hated him. And they envied him. And God spared him. But God used all that. They mean it for evil. And always remember this. The world means to persecute you. They mean it for evil. Now listen to me, and you've heard me say it. If they had their way, they'd march in here this morning, and they would arrest every one of us. And we ain't far from that. They said, you don't have no right to say that. You don't have any right to say that. You're, you're a problem. You're a problem. The gospel's always troubled the world, but he still spared Joseph, and it served his purpose Moses, you think about it, he lived in the castle. He learned the ways of Egypt for 40 years. But in Hebrews 11, verse 24, but by faith when Moses was come to years, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He had everything. Most people believe he would. He was Pharaoh's son. I mean, Pharaoh's daughters. He was adopted by her, and he would have been the next to the throne. And don't you think? What do you think people said when he gave all that up? He said, "I, re- I'm not. I'm not an Egyptian. I'm a hated Jew." He said, "Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God." than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasure of Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. What would make a man give all that up? Now Egypt and that would have been the the greatest nation in the world. He had everything he could ever want, but he wanted something more, and it was Christ and his righteousness. And either he's going to have to make a choice. Either he's going to identify with these people who are of the world, or he's going to identify with the people of God. And the moment he does that, he's going to be persecuted. 
And God's going to take him out here on the backside of the desert for 40 years and teach him humility. And then when he comes in back the next time, he ain't afraid of Pharaoh. He ain't afraid of nobody. Somebody said, if you meet God in a burning bush, which is Christ and him not consumed, it gives you the boldness to stand before Pharaoh and say, let my people go. But they were persecuted. God's people were persecuted. Samuel was rejected. Elijah was despised. Nehemiah was oppressed and defamed. And our Lord was put to death by his people to whom he ministered. Many times they would have killed him, even his own people that he lived around in the little town of Nazareth would have killed him. But he said, my hour is not yet come. I don't think anybody likes to be hated. Anybody likes to be despised and rejected, and he was. He was a man of sorrow. Stephen, one of the first ones that was martyred in Acts chapter 7, he was stoned. You know why? You, um, you want to, I like to give reading assignments. <laughs> Go home sometime and read Acts chapter 7. It reads that, you read that sermon. He talks about, he talks that about down through their history. He said, as your father's dead, so do you. He said, you're a bunch of stiff necks and uncircumcised, and they couldn't stand it. They pick up stones and stone this man to death, and there's a man standing there by the name of Saul of Tarsus who gives consent to it. They probably look at him and say, and he goes, and they killed him. Why would you kill a man? Why would you stone a man to death? They hated him, hated Christ. He told them. He told them. Peter and John were cast into prison. James was beheaded. And they were all persecuted. Why? For righteousness sake. For righteousness sake. You know, the prodigal son is a good example of all those beatitudes. He uh, had to become poor in spirit. He had to mourn. He had to get sick of it. He had to hunger and thirst after righteousness. And then he comes back to the father. He comes back to himself. And the father receives him. The father shows him grace. The father put the ring on his finger and shoes on his feet. I mean, yeah. And, uh, but, you know, one who didn't like him, you know which one persecuted him? It was his older brother. Now, if you read all those parables in Luke 15, they all have to deal with He's dealing with those Pharisees who accused our Lord of having being friend of publicans and sinners. And he's showing them all the way through there. And the elder brother is a picture of those Pharisees, self-righteous men. He goes, the father goes out and entreats him. He says, why don't you come in? Why don't you come into the celebration? We're celebrating. This, my son was dead and is alive. He said, I ain't going in there. He said, we've killed the fatted calf. Now, that fatted calf, as Danny knows, had to be kept up for a purpose. He was fatted up for a reason, which is a picture of Christ coming to give his life, the sacrifice, to make an atonement for this son. So sin can be put away. He said, you never gave me a fatted calf. You you never made a party for me. And you know what he said? This thy son. He didn't say that, my brother. This thy son. He wasted all his money with on harlots 
Do you know nobody else said anything about harlots? You know who said it? The older brother. Now, he may have wasted his, his money with harlots, but nobody else mentioned it. He's the only one who brings it up. You know why? You know why he said, he said, I've, I've worked all these years. Look at the calluses on my hand. I've worked for you all those years. Does this not matter? Mate, does this not mean anything? I've never broken your commandments. You won't reward me, but you want to reward him? You see how God's showing mercy or his father's showing mercy to that boy. It brought out the hatred of that boy, and he persecuted him. I ain't going in there. You know why? I can't stand him. I liked it when he was gone. I liked it when I was the only one around. But now he's back home. I can't stand I can't, I can't stand it. I ain't going in there. I ain't having nothing to do with it. And that's how men are with religion. I ain't having nothing to do with it. And if you want to brag on me, oh, they'll come, and you can fill up buildings with people. But when you tell people that they're sinners and we're received, how was that boy, how was that prodigal son received by grace? He wasted every dime he had. But he came, and the Father showed him mercy. Blessed are they that are persecuted, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We are the subject, subjects of our Lord and King. And we are blessed to be able to suffer for his name's sake. He's our king. We're part of his kingdom. And we do, and we do serve him. We do serve him. If you are in his army, you'll be hated by the enemy. You know who the you know who they hate the most? The man who carries the flag. The standard bearer. You know if a, if the man who's carrying the flag, if he gets shot, somebody else runs up. And don't let that flag touch the ground, and he'll pick it up. And then, hey, everybody's looking on the battlefield. They're looking to that flag, to that standard. And you've heard me say it many times, like when your dad was on Iwo Jima. The main goal was to get that flag on top of that mountain, on that little island. Can you imagine whatever all the Americans and all the others, allies were helping us when they seen that flag on top of that mountain? You know what I mean? We got victory. But you know what it meant to the enemy? They've been conquered. That's what it means when we wave the gospel. We're more than conquerors through him that loved us. The battle's already won. But we still do have to fight. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Only you can stand persecution is by his grace. <laughs> if the enemy hurls darts at you, don't be discouraged. If you become discouraged, if you're seeking to please our Lord, those who just profess to serve our Lord will speak evil of you. Everybody likes their reputation, don't they? Nobody wants, you, you know, it's bad enough that they said, but it's really bad when you know it's just a bald-faced lie. You look what they said about our Lord. You know what they said about him? Because he would sit around and eat with people, you know what they called him? A wine-bibber. In our terms, in our English language, they call him a wino. He's just an old wino. That's all he is. He, he ain't nothing to him. Look at him. Look where he come from. He, he come from Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? 
But in verse 11, our Lord mentions three things that we should expect to endure by being his children and for righteousness' sake. He said, they shall revile you. Revile you. That's verbal abuse. That's laughing at you, mocking you, giving you some nickname. Some nickname. You know what they called Elisha? Thou bald head. Let me tell you how serious this is. These were children. But where did they learn? Why would they call a prophet bald-headed? Why would they call him? He had, they had to learn it from their parents. And here's Elisha. He's the prophet of God in that day. And they want to laugh at him and revile him and make fun of him. Last time I read it, these bears come out of the woods and devoured them children. The Lord don't take it lightly. They personally, but they, you just, just like, look back at Joe, you just bald-headed. <laughs> just bald-headed. And it's words. In Luke chapter 6, verse 22, Blessed are ye, when men shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from your com- their company, they won't have nothing to do with you. And you can think about that. You don't have to worry about them. They'll take, they'll take care of you. They won't have nothing to do with you. And they shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil for the son of man's sake. But you know it says when he was reviled, our Lord, when he was reviled, he reviled not again. You imagine what they said. Imagine he goes in there and Pilate gives him over to his soldiers. And they take his robe off and they put a purple robe on him as mocking him. And they put a crown of thorns on him and they said, if you're, you're a king, or you, you need a crown. So they made a crown of thorns and they, they begin to spit on him. They begin to take their fist and hit him in the face. Then they begin to take their hands and jerk his beard off his face. You're, you're some king of the Jews. When he was reviled, he reviled not again. And you know what he said? He said, Father, on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. You know what it said when he was hanging on the cross? I mean, you imagine seeing a man, and the Bible said he was marred more than any man. You, you probably wouldn't have recognized him. He was probably just, his flesh was just ripped to shreds. And he hangs there naked in humiliation before everybody to see. And here's what they said. Let the king of Israel descend now from the cross that we may see and believe. And they that were crucified with him, This is not the people walking on the ground. These are the two men hanging beside of him that were crucified with him, reviled him. You're in the same state. You're dying, but you're making fun of this other guy. You're reviling him. You ain't no king. If you're a king, why don't you come down from the cross? And we'll believe you. 
If he had come down from the cross, they wouldn't have believed him. But they reviled him. The second, he said, they'll revile you and they will persecute you. The word here means to pursue, like in a chase, to harass, trouble, either physically or verbally. They're hunted like an animal. He said, I, they persecuted the church. They wouldn't let up. I mean, I'm talking about Paul. That's what he said. He persecuted the church. Why did he hate them? He was there when they stoned Stephen. He, and he said, I've got letters from the high priest. If I can find anybody that claims to be a child of God, claims to trust in Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I'm going to do everything I can. I will either lock you up or I'll stone you. I'll make an example out of you just like I did Stephen. He said, I persecuted the church. And he did it in the name of God. He thought he was a believer. He thought he was righteous and they were wrong. And Christ sets forth the third type as follows. Blessed are ye when men shall say all manner of evil against you falsely. How they per- Most time it's by what they say. It's amazing how people say things and they like to defame somebody's character. You know, they were even afraid of Paul because of what people had said. But Barnabas took up for Paul and said, I've heard this man preach. But people like to use words. They love to slander the children of God. They make statements like, well, he don't preach the gospel anymore. They make statements, and, they, and people begin to listen to it, and they begin to think about it. And the first thing, you know, they begin to agree it. And they've always done this. They hated Spurgeon. I remember Rupert telling me years ago, it's before I ever knew anything about the gospel, he said a man was supposed to, he had preached for him that Sunday morning, and he was supposed to preach for him that night. And, you know, he would, they were just sitting around talking during, in the evening before service, and the man kept talking about, you know, I, there's somebody that, he just don't preach the gospel. He just, you know, he just don't say the right things. And, you know, and there's some people that are actually that picky. If you don't say certain words, and all they're listening for is to to pick something apart. Oh, hold on now. He's not preaching the gospel. And the guy kept talking and kept talking, and Rupert was pretty sharp. Rupert said, "Uh, let's quit beating around the bush. You're talking about Henry Mahan, ain't you? He said, yeah. He said, well, I can tell you one thing. You ain't preaching here tonight. You might as well get your stuff and leave. But that man who faithfully preached the gospel, and that's how men are. Why would, they, why would men make statements like that? Most of the time it's called a jealousy. It's because of envy, just like Joseph's brothers. Slander. Woe unto you when all men speak well of you. Woe unto you when all men speak well of you. Because you know what? The enemy can't. Stand it. But we are persecuted, hated, 
not on account of our misconduct. And every one of us have different, every preacher has different personalities. And we all have faults. Every single one of us. The best of men are men at best. But we are persecuted for righteousness sake. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. For this is thankworthy if a man for conscience toward God, 1 Peter 2 verse 19. For this is thankworthy if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. For what glory is it if when we be buffeted for our faults, you take it patiently, but if we, when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently. This is acceptable with God. For even, even hitherto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead into sins should live into righteousness by whose stripes you are healed. You know, it's amazing that we're still persecuted, but it's a whole lot milder than it was years ago. I can't imagine. It's like they come and they laid hold of James. Herod did, and he killed him. And when he saw it pleased the Jews, it made them happy. Oh, they were tickled. They were glad he's dead. He laid hands on Peter. And if God hadn't spared him, he'd have killed Peter too, but God delivered him. But you know what God did to Herod? He was eaten up with worms. But they were persecuted, hated, despised. We know they, they burned people to the stake. And most of, them, most, of, most of the church that persecuted them more than anything was the Catholic church. And it doesn't matter really if they're Catholic or Methodist or whatever it is. There's that enmity there. Find my notes. Some people are fined, imprisoned, banished, stripped of their estates, scourged, racked, tortured, always delivered unto death, and they are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. I want you to listen to this verse, Philippians 1 9. For unto you, unto you, unto the people of God, it is given. It's a gift in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but to suffer for his name's sake. It's given. Not suffering for our faults, but for his name's sake. No matter how fierce the conflict we're willing to suffer for his name's sake. You know what Peter and John said there in Acts chapter 5? They departed from the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. It's not that we love pain, but we love him. 
And now that doesn't matter. Paul said, I endure all things for the elect's sake. He said, there, it's the offense of the cross. All you've got to do is take off the offense of the cross, and they won't bother you. But you know, I thought about something. It'll just give us something to think about. Why are we not persecuted more? Really? I mean, they've always been persecuted. I mean, I'm not, I'm not asking us to go out just to cause trouble to, you know, we, we could, you know, if we went and all got signs and we're going to stand there at 77 and we're picking in something, yeah, we'd be persecuted for that. But just for exalting him, him. The enemies of righteousness are the enemies of Christ. Psalm 69, verse 9. It's just speaking of our Lord, for the zeal of thine house has eaten me up. And the reproaches of them that reproached thee are fallen on me. Can you, I would have loved being in the temple that day when our Lord comes in there and all these people are set up with their money changers. They're probably selling sacrifices. People travel from a long distance. You've got to have a lamb for a sacrifice or some turtle does or something. But, but these people were making a big business out of religion, and that's what people do. He comes in there and he said, you've made my father's house a den of thieves. And he turned over their tables, run everything out, and he got him a whip. And he said, you get out of here. This is my father's house. He said, but the zeal of my, my, my father's house hath consumed me. And they remembered it. The Lord's people who have suffered will be recompensed. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We have a title. It is our title. He's given us. We are, he is our inheritance. And he says, great is your reward in heaven. You know, I want to hear him say, and we know he will because we all accept it in Christ. Well done. Thou good and faithful servant. Matthew Henry said, God will provide that those who lose for him, though it be life itself, shall not lose by him in the end. Let me give you a couple more verses. And he said, because they persecuted the prophets that were before you. Now they speak good of men. Now they even name denominations after men, or the Calvinists, the Presbyterians, the, the Methodists, or who are named after the Wesleyans and all. But they didn't love them men while they lived. Henry said they, they, they love dead prophets, and they persecute living prophets that preach the same message. This message of God's grace has always been hated, and it's going to be. But listen... James 5, verse 10, Take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffer, of affliction and of patience. Acts seven fifty two. This is part of Stephen's sermon. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them which showed before the coming of the just one. They told you about the coming of the just one, which is about Christ, of whom you have been now the betrayers and murderers. Now, you imagine when he called them a bunch of murderers. He said, all y'all wanted to do was kill the prophets, and now you want to kill his preachers. 
in Second Chronicles thirty six sixteen. But they mocked the messengers of God and despised his words. Does that sound familiar? And misused his prophets. When Elijah was here, God hid him. He took him up by a brook and hid him till the brook dried up. And then when the brook dried up and the ravens even came and fed him, what's Elijah going to do now? He said, you go up to Zerapath to a widow's house and she's going to take care of you. But they looked for Elijah and they couldn't find him. Here's God's judgment. When God hides his prophet, when you look for him and you can't find him, but they despised him and they, and they hated him, Second Chronicles thirty six sixteen, and they misused his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people till there was no remedy. Blessed are the persecuted, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you and say all manners of evil against you falsely. You know, if they said something about us, they're just telling hype up. They just don't know really how bad we are. If we all knew uh, all of us, if we, if all of our hearts was exposed, we, were, we couldn't stand to be with each other in, in for a few minutes. We're not making a lot of sin, but this, this, this is how he describes true righteousness. So next week we'll pick up there, verse 13 through verse 15. I mean, through.